When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a diehard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. What is going to be my new every day? What's a day in the life of a quadriplegic going to look like? Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. Do you want to tell the new listeners who we are? I sure do. We've been best friends for over 20 years, and we've been through enough trauma, we thought we needed to start a podcast about it. So we interview people with interesting stories to tell. Yeah. Tell them something interesting about you. I just recently joined the Dead Dad Club. Hey, and I have a dead husband. (laughs) Now that we got that out of the way... My God, is okay. that it? Is that oh, we did it? Sure, yeah. Okay. I, I didn't know if you wanted me to do it again because there was a big pause, but I guess you can ah, edit it. Obviously, I'm gonna edit it out. Edit it out. I wanted to make like a bingo card of like things that we say, oh, so when people are listening to the yes. episode, they could tick it off. So I'm like yeah. trying to think of like little things that like we we say that I'm gonna make it in Canva. As somebody who edits the episodes, I can give you a whole oh list. totally like yeah. how many things I how many times I say wow. Okay, yeah. How many sentences you end with and things like that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I leave some in, but I edit a lot of like my brain just like stops. Like, yeah, but it's like you okay. yeah, you you feel like it's not a complete sentence until right, right, right. you say and things like that. That's so funny. I've also noticed lately we both say yeah twice. Oh. We can't just say yeah. We're both of us are like yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I wanna put in you saying we'll get into your story let's get into your story oh my god i know i <laughs> i can it see is... it on your face every time you're like say something else you i know i have nothing else <laughs> and we'll get into it yeah i know welcome new friends and old friends alike yes thank you for joining us we're excited to have you yeah this is the part where we just talk about ourselves for the next I we're playing around with minutes. intros. Last week we're I think was around. maybe a bit awkward because yeah. we tried something ahead of the in- episode and that wasn't great. I think Here this we is are. good. Like we just do a little like this is who we are if you're joining us for the first time and then it gives our regular listeners a little tidbit about ourselves every week that I was about to call them sturdy listeners well, but that Sturdy. Steadfast, oh. sturdy. I mean, some of them might be unstable. Yeah, I mean the, most of them are if you're listening to us <laughs> including ourselves. <laughs> my god how the heck was your week it was okay i think it was busy you had a bunch again. of sick kids i had a, only one. Oh, um, i thought a few kids were sick last week. okay sorry yes last weekend i had two sick kids ma'am get this your weekend, facts straight uh, 
<laughs> this weekend I have one sick child who, yeah, Julia, my 11 year old, has a sore throat, headache, fever. I'm going to COVID test her today before. And she was like, can you just COVID test me after trick-or-treating? I'm like, no, girl, that's not Oh, no. She was like so upset that she might not be able to go trick-or-treating. But she's feeling much better today. Yeah. I'm thinking it's not COVID. Better be safe than sorry. And There is a change in the world. I think before COVID, it would have been like, ah, you just got a cold. We'll just deal with it. for sure. Like in today's world, I think people are a lot more like, oh, should you stay home? Let's not spread this. It just well, seems and I like think a, a lot more... less people are going to work sick. And I think there's more understanding of people staying homesick. Yeah. I feel like, so my mom had to have surgery a few weeks ago. Right. She had a really big health scare with her sinuses. Oh. So it postponed her hip surgery. She has to get her hip replaced. Oh, okay. And yeah. like, it's almost like the hip is the worst thing. And she's been waiting for this surgery for years. Right. And so they had to postpone it. And now it's scheduled for November 7th. And oh, wow. so I feel like I'm being so cautious because I don't want to get my mom sick and risk right. her not having surgery. But like also I'm in this like place of my dad just died. And so yeah. I want to spend as much time with my mom as I can. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Let's unravel that. Don't worry. Right. I'm like, next week. Hello, trauma. Um, yeah, I know. It's like you need to put her in like a bubble for the next week so that she can yeah. get to surgery so she can get it done. I know. And so oh, I want to see her before surgery a few times, but we're obviously like not letting the kids see her, trying to keep everyone healthy. And now like tis the season for all the germs. Yeah. What's going on with you? I don't know what's going on with me. Lola, my little dog, is injured. <gasps> we no. took her to the dog park. So we go to a private dog park. So it's just us. Very bougie. Yeah, very bougie. It's just because (laughs) not all dogs get along. Lola, even though she looks like a Shih Tzu, she's just like an inbred puppy mill puppy. That she's special. She's very special. She's so great, but she identifies as a border collie. Absolutely. And she loves fetch, and she takes it very seriously. So when we go, it's like fetch. Nothing else matters. Just the ball. She loves it. Tires her out. And then she was playing, and it was really muddy. And then all of a sudden, she stopped playing, and she just kept sitting down. And I was like, "That's so weird." So we like washed her feet off. I was like, "Oh, maybe there's something in her feet." Anyway, it just got worse. So the next day, I took her to the vet in the morning. And she like pinched a nerve or something in her back. So they gave us some medicine. And then because I share custody of our dogs with my ex, she went back to her mom's house, her other mom's (laughs) house. She got worse. And so she, Lindy, my ex, took her back and they did x-rays. And there's a space between her discs that has closed up. So they're hoping with enough medicine and rest, like very strict rest, she can't do stairs jump anywhere like just she's just to lay down but if not she needs like back surgery oh my god lola what i know earth? she's so sad and she's just that like shaking thing. and whimpering and Aww. i know so that's yeah that's been i think that's really all that happened this week yeah no that's enough i think yeah that's crazy it's enough. i'll take it it's enough. oh my kids went to okay so my kids were excited to go to the Halloween dance at their school on Thursday night. Did you do many school dances when you were a kid? Sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I just don't yeah. really remember. I remember having school dances in junior high okay. and being super into them, especially because two years in a row, the Much Music video dance <gasps> came to our school, what, two including years in a row? Rick the Temp. Oh my God. school twice because... Because you were in Ontario. 
No, I wasn't. <gasps> this I was, was in Calgary? Calgary? Yeah. Whoa. So one of the kids' dads either worked for Much Music or worked for O. Henry, who was the sponsor of the Much Music video dance right. or something like that. I didn't realize that Thursday across the city was school dance day. Oh, I Wyatt had a too. dance. Yeah. The school's right by our house. It was insanity. It, it was like Halloween with all the kids running up and down the streets to get yes. to their cars. So my friend brought my three girls and then her two girls and her little baby to the dance. She texted me as soon as they got there. And she's like, this is insane. Like the lineup was like around the school just to get into the dance. And we discovered that two out of three of my girls are not dance people at all. I got a call from my friend halfway through that Claire was crying. She couldn't handle the loud music and the lights and the just the insane. It was hot. So I was like, okay, I'll come to the school because she didn't want to leave, but she wanted me. Right. So I went to the school and she was upset, but I looked around and there were like probably five other kids crying because I think it was so, I would have cried. Like, I went into that gym. It was pitch black except for the flashing lights. Oh, it no. was so loud. You could not yeah. hear anybody. And it was hot. And I'm like, yeah. I would have had a meltdown in here. Like sensory overload. No way. Was Kate the only one having fun? Yeah, she was. <laughs> <laughs> She's the wild one. She's the dance she kid. She is. She's going to be sneaking booze into the grade nine dance. Totally. Yeah. Julie was sitting on the ground with her ears plugged. (laughs) Claire was crying. Oh, God. (laughs) It was too much. I, but yes, I was like, I don't think my kids are dance kids, but uh, I think that might be one of our only dances that that they all go to because it was a lot. It was overwhelming. Yeah. Greg texted that because he took Wyatt to his school dance. Yeah. He was like, and he goes to an all boys school and he was like so they just unleashed like all these boys into a gymnasium with a bunch of candy loud music and i think they had like basketballs out or something oh my god yeah they're gonna say they unleashed like the girls school in the boys (laughs) 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 the boys had never seen a girl before it was like a whole thing (laughs) oh my god that's so funny that's crazy i like there were parents volunteering i'm like you couldn't have gotten me near that school like yeah even i'm the parent that would volunteer they were selling like chips and stuff like at the table and you couldn't yeah. even get to the table and my god yeah. it was crazy so then we left and we went back to my friend's house and just hung out there and let the kids eat candy and chill because it was so overwhelming yeah and then they didn't have school friday right so the two little ones had a sleepover and then Julia came home with me and then, yeah, she got sick. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Wow. Are we going to send each other pictures of our pumpkins? Oh yeah. Are you still going to carve them today? The kids want to. I have a lot going on today. My parents are coming over because they're going to Phoenix. They're leaving for Phoenix tomorrow. I have to make sure all the costumes are ready because they're going to school dressed up in the morning and then I have to go to work. We still have to cut because Claire and Julia are both ghosts. So we have to cut the sheets like to make them the right size so yeah it's a lot to prepare and then we will try to fit in pumpkin carving in there somewhere we're gonna carve pumpkins i was thinking about what to make for dinner and i was thinking of is it too extra to like food color spaghetti for you no (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i'm like not into holidays but i like to do funny little things yes and you're, I would holiday- say you're definitely a Pinterest mom. Like you're, if there's a holiday, you're going to make something colored or change 
a shape of something to be a heart or whatever. Like I used to yes. be like that. Not anymore. And then her husband died. Yeah. Kind of takes real. the... I really brought things down. <laughs> Took the wind out of your sails. Yeah. You really don't give a crap about heart-shaped pancakes anymore. <laughs> I hate Halloween because I don't want Wyatt specifically to ingest that much candy. Right. Yeah. Like, he's the kid that throws up if he eats too much candy. We just got an ADHD diagnosis. He struggles with sleep. Like we're doing a lot of things to get his routine in check and make sure he's eating enough and all this stuff. And it's like Halloween is that time where it all just goes out the window. Have you heard of the switch witch? Yes. You have to introduce a switch witch when they're young, like Santa, Mm -hmm. or else they're not going to believe it. But for those Mm -hmm. listening that don't know, the switch witch is where you write a letter to the witch saying... You basically barter and you give a portion of your candy to the Switch Witch in exchange for a fun experience or a toy that you've really wanted. Something that's not candy. I think the Switch Witch is pretty lame and I think it's like unfun. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. As somebody who like doesn't want this kid to have all this candy, I was like, how could we do something? And so I was like, what if we like came up with a like a charity for kids that can't get candy uh-huh. and you could donate your candy and they would give you some. So instead of the switch, which I'm just receipt. like, <laughs> 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 like some, but like maybe a voucher to cash in at. Yeah. I would say, I think for certain kids, it's definitely something that would be beneficial, right? Because yeah. there are kids who can't regulate their candy intake and then it, throws everything off and especially if you're trying to get them in a specific routine they're in a routine and then you give them literally it's like a purge night for kids it's like yeah stay out late on a school night eat as much candy as possible be overstimulated by lights and scary things and like of course it's gonna and then you've got weeks of candy and so then this kid's you know this kid's eating candy every day how do you like i don't really have that issue with my kids they get bored of it after a while like Mm. they'll have like a couple a day like two for dessert and like two in their snack for lunch like at school but there's always candy left over the one thing that i don't like is that i had a friend that would just literally let their kids eat as much candy as they possibly could on the first night. And I think that's... Why? I think it was more to take the novelty away or be like, eat as much candy as you want now and then we're going to take the rest of it or eat as much candy as you want now and then you're not going to... You'll be sick of it. I don't know. I think that's just silly. Yeah. I don't like that. No, I was definitely the kid that was eating my Halloween candy right away. It was probably gone within like a week and I would sneak it and my brother would literally still have Halloween candy at Christmas time. Yeah, my sister too. She would like budget it out so that she had it and I'd be like, well, mine's gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, I think that is beneficial for some kids for sure. This episode is coming out on Tuesday, the day after Halloween. We're all going to have so Halloween hangovers. I'm, yeah, I'm sending so much strength to all mm-hmm. the parents, caregivers, teachers, anybody that has to deal with the fallout from Halloween. Oh, Lord, the teachers. Yeah. Lord, like, teachers. I can't even because for a teacher i imagine you've got the lead up to halloween so you're doing the mm-hmm. crafts you're doing the mm-hmm. costumes there's the dance there's the activities all of these things and then halloween's on a monday night this year so yes. their their kids are going to be all wound up all day thinking about mm-hmm. going trick-or-treating and then the next day they're going to be crashing down yeah no that's going to be a mess for sure yeah oh the one thing i truly hate is 
the Jimmy Kimmel thing where he tries, he gets parents to tell their kids that they yeah. eat other candy. That is like cruel. That's a dick move. It's so, I, if that happened to me, like when you really think about it, your kids spent all night like walking around and getting candy and it's probably yeah. freezing cold out and they like are so excited and so proud of their thing. And then the next morning they wake up excited to have more candy yeah. and you tell them that you ate it all. Like I would, I'd probably burn my house down. <laughs> honestly yeah. knowing how much i loved candy as a kid and i still do but knowing how much halloween meant to me like i'm very much like julia in this scenario like she's yeah so worried that she can't go trick-or-treating and that would be me that yeah i would just i would freaking lose my mind yeah anyway okay so speaking of halloween we did two main feed episodes that were like halloween themed yeah. and then over on our patreon we had two, but now we have a surprise third one because we had a last minute idea, less of an idea, more of last minute. I was brave enough to ask. The medium that I saw that I've been talking about that we yeah. both saw agreed to be interviewed for our Patreon. And yeah. she's even giving away a free reading, even though it's the first week of November and Halloween will be over. We're sneaking in a third Halloween themed patreon episode and then the month of november we'll do a draw for a reading with her yes it was so fun to talk to her we both had a reading with her one of us was better at it than the other <laughs> <laughs> one of us had their walls up one of us did have their walls up and only and... wanted to speak to one person and didn't really care yeah. that anyone else was coming through <laughs> yeah, very like, rude to the afterlife I, and i apologize so patreon is a monthly subscription so there's three tiers you get Two episodes a month, no matter what. They're bonus episodes. You're never going to hear them anywhere else. You get entered into draws. Our third tier, you get a video episode every month. And the second and third tier get discounts on our merch store. And you get the Patreon episodes a day early. Oh, yeah. That too. I do that. Yeah. yeah. And we have over 60 episodes over there that you can binge immediately as soon as you sign up. And there's lots of crazy stories over there. I think it's bananas too. That's a lot. If you signed up for our third tier today, which is November 1st, you're listening, you would get over, I think it's over 65 episodes, Mm -hmm. just our bonus episodes, four video episodes, a huge discount on our merch store. Mm -hmm. And you get entered into draws. Then you get entered into a draw. And, and if you yeah, sign up in November, you'll get entered into a draw for a reading with Lisa. Yeah, it's just great. It's so much fun over there. All right. Well, <laughs> I think we should get into this week's episode. I think so, too. Okay, bye. Bye. Hello, Rick. Hi, nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. How's it going? Um, It's going really well. It's just a relaxed Sunday here at the house. Things are going well. Nice. That's great. We've been so excited to talk with you. We met on Instagram and we were so thankful that we could find a time. And I'm always extra thankful when we're in the same time zone. I would love it if you introduce yourself. Maybe tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you live, and then we'll get into your story. Okay, yeah. My name's Rick Weary. I'm from a small town in Utah. And in Utah, we gauge our towns by whether or not you have a stoplight or not. And (laughs) the town I live in, we don't have a stoplight. But I grew up on a dairy farm, working hard, and I was the youngest of four siblings. And 
I guess I'm just a country boy, to be honest. <laughs> awesome. And does your town, so it doesn't have a stop light. Does it have a stop sign? Oh, yeah, but we just blow right through those. <laughs> those just suggestions, yeah. <laughs> you shared your story with us. You're a quadriplegic. And so I guess where does your story begin? Well, to be honest, I've lived two lives. My life before I broke my neck and my life after because everything just changed once I broke my neck. And to tell you the story, I was newly wed for exactly a year to my wife, Tara, and we were in a self-help housing program. It's a program where you work on your own houses and you're, you join like other young first-time homeowners and you're out there framing up walls, roofing the house, and you're doing all this to get into your first home affordably and you earn your equity. Yeah. So yeah, we were building our house. My wife and I were just starting our dream. We loved the little town we lived in. And one night, because we were supposed to get hours working on our houses on top of our everyday lives. And so right. we would be working late nights and Saturdays and we we're getting to know our new neighbors who... <laughs> would be friends or enemies, you know, yeah. working alongside with them, right? So I was working two doors down with my friend, Zach. He was kind of late to the program, so he's making up hours. And so we were working late one Sunday night. It was in March. And what happened is earlier that day, we had cut the hole out of the floor for the stairs to go in, but we hadn't got around to building the stairs yet. So there was kind of a unsafe hole that we just kind of figured we'd just keep working. So what I was doing is I was building one of Zach's walls for the upstairs. And when you build those walls, you kind of build them on the floor. And so I was nailing the boards together with a nail gun. And you guys, I don't want to sound like a klutz when I say this, because I knew construction field but I shot a nail and it hit a knot in the wood and that yeah. knot made the nail kind of shoot up and it hit in like the web oh. of my thumb yeah. and it just stuck in there. I was with Zach and his wife and I'm trying to act tough and I'm like, okay, let's pull it out. And so Zach takes his Leatherman tool and he pulls the nail oh, out of my thumb. God. And like I said earlier, I grew up on a dairy farm, so like blood never made me queasy or anything. But for sure. some reason, this little looking down at where the nail was, like kind of a little hole, I got lightheaded. And so I decided to go get a drink. I don't know why that was my solution. So I started walking across yeah. the floor to get a drink, and I just tipped over. I passed out, and I fell where that hole was in the oh, floor no. that I earlier mentioned. So I fell from the main floor straight into the basement. And earlier that day, we had shoveled the snow out of the basement as we could, and it warmed up enough. It warmed up enough to melt that snow, but then it was now ice in the bottom of the oh. basement. And so I landed on my head, but I kind of just, my body just kind of fell onto itself, if that makes sense, because I was yeah. limp, you know. And so my head was kind of face down in the concrete in the water. And my friend Zach jumped down and he could remember me. Like his decision was either to get my mouth out of the water because I was kind of gurgling water and straighten my body up 
or leave me there to drown in the couple inches of water. So he, you know, straightened my head and called the ambulance. I want to say the rest is history, but that was the moment that changed my life. That fall made me break my neck right up here about C6, C7 vertebrae. And just to educate you guys, your spinal cord runs down your spine. And the higher up you break your neck the kind of, or back, the kind of worse off you are as far as yeah. function and ability. And I broke mine at C6, C7 vertebrae. It just kind of shifted. And it pinched oh, wow. my spinal cord. And I became paralyzed basically from the chest down. I move my arms okay, but my hands are kind of, I can't open and close them. The only thing I can do is called tenodesis. It's where you rotate your hand to kind of grip things. The gist of it, but a lot of people kind of put it into terms of I'm a quadriplegic. Right. Right. Were you conscious the whole time? No, I came awake down in the basement with Zach explaining to me what had happened. Yeah. And so from that point on, I was awake. He called 911. Paramedics came. They put me kind of to, strapped me to a board and got in the ambulance. That was the first time I was like, this is serious, because I remember right. telling him that I couldn't feel my legs at that time. That's oh got to be God. so scary. When it comes to that program that you were doing, you said you were working alongside professional builders as well? No, we were working alongside our uh, our other housemates, so other oh. couples that were in the program as well. So you build like nine houses with nine other couples. And what you do is you'll come Saturday morning and there is a general, like a general contractor who at the first kind of teaches you how to do framing and tries to keep the quality control up and uh, lines us out with jobs to do that week and that day. It seems like an interesting program to be able to afford your place by putting in the work, but it also seems like there could potentially be a lot of injuries when it comes to building a house like not everybody knows how to do that (laughs) yeah and I think I felt way in place so I felt confident in all the work I did and the quality I did because I I did I worked in the construction already I was a construction plumber and I felt confident yeah there were some other accidents but we had our safety briefings and everything on Saturdays and I guess I'm I just should have covered that hole. At what point did your partner, did your wife get the call? Was she there or did somebody have to phone her? She was working and hit Zach, who was with me. His wife called and notified her of everything that was going on. She was actually in the shower. So she got her clothes on and rushed to our local hospital, which is a town away in Richville. Yeah, And she was there for the short time. Our hospital in Richfield didn't have the capabilities to deal with the neck injury for a short time. They were trying to find a, which lifelight was the one that could get to Richfield the fastest. And yeah. I ended up getting lifelighted. This is kind of interesting. I ended up taking off at the lifelight at 11 o'clock. The next, the next day was my one-year anniversary with my wife. Oh, so, at a, so at one hour short of our one-year anniversary, 
yeah. I kissed her goodbye and I flew off in the helicopter and she rode up to the hospital and met me there. Wow. wow. So did you need to have surgery or anything when you, when you got to the hospital? So the first thing they did is they wanted to stabilize my, my neck from, uh, from causing more damage to the spinal cord. So they drilled holes in my skull and hopefully it's not too graphic, but like with a Dewalt drill, like the yeah. medical version of a Dewalt drill, they yeah. put bolts in my skull and then it's called traction where they kind of pull your spine kind of like from apart kind of to reduce the damage. So that was the first thing. And then shortly after they got me stable and everything, I, my surgery was they fused the bones back together the C6 and C7 bones. The most important scary part was not breaking my neck, as crazy as that sounds. The scariest part was that I caught pneumonia that night, laying in kind of the ice in the basement, yeah. and they were so worried about my neck and everything that for some reason I caught pneumonia. And then if you could imagine, now I'm paralyzed from my chest down, and my lungs don't function the same now. They're right. partially paralyzed. Oh, so God. they didn't have the capability to fight off that pneumonia. And so what they did then is first they put me on like a, it was crazy, it was like a hockey mask, but it breathes in and out for you. That didn't do the job well enough. So then they put me on a, a trachea in oh, my wow. neck, which, wow. which bypasses everything. And then you're breathing through that. They didn't want me moving or anything to my spine i was basically in a coma for quite some time not like it was a medically induced coma because they didn't want me moving around so basically if i'd wake up they'd push the button to put me back to sleep to kind of stabilize (laughs) and my body was just basically just fighting for its life that's so scary did they wonder if you would have to have your trach in permanently or did they know it was only temporary i think it all just depended on battling that pneumonia that was and that it took a long time but eventually my body just started figuring it out and battled that pneumonia and so i was in the icu for quite a while and they're your goal should be to get to rehab that's where you're going to kind of learn how to function in your every your new life so to speak from a wheelchair and there were, there, there were some scary nights, you know, just like wondering what's my new normal going to be. Did you know fairly early on that you were paralyzed? Yeah, but I didn't know completely the extent of it. And I didn't right. know what the chances were of that paralysis kind of wearing off or right. like I had no, no education of what a quadriplegic was. I just looked at someone yeah. in a wheelchair putting them in a box of that's someone in a wheelchair. There is such a wide variety of people in a wheelchair with different abilities and and functions. And I had no clue kind of what was going to be my new, what was going to work, you know, and eventually, you know, figured out how to get by with what I have. And was that hard for you to come to terms with in terms of like your mental health and realizing that you will be in a wheelchair? Absolutely. Yeah dark moments there and what would happen is i would have visitors during the day and my family around me all day but they wouldn't allow visitors at night and so sometimes those were the hard parts because too my sleep was all over the place i'd be awake at night 
tired of days, just could not regulate when I needed to be in a sleep. So a lot of times I'd be wide awake at night alone and just be thinking, is this a life worth living? Is what is going to be my new every day? What, what's a day going to, day in the life of a quadriplegic going to look like? I remember yeah. one thing that, and this is why I wanted to write a book because a nurse one night, she recognized that I was kind of depressed or just kind of, I wouldn't say depressed, but just scared of what the future. She came, she would work with me during the days too, but she was very instrumental because what she did is, this was a short time after I went from the ICU into rehab. She's a rehab nurse. She came in with a calendar and a red marker. And this is really cool. She told me, anytime you do anything you, you couldn't do yesterday and you can do it today, we're going to write it down in this calendar in red wow. letters. And we'll celebrate like just the littlest things. And she said, it can even be like you learned how to drink out of a drinking fountain because yesterday you couldn't. Yeah. And so we would do those. Yeah. I mean, so it, it at the time, it sounded kind of silly. We were celebrating the littlest things. Oh, you sat up because I would pass out a lot. Just the effects of spinal cord injury. My blood pressure wasn't regulating very well. So I'd sit up and then I'd just pass out. Little things like that. We'd be like, oh, you sat up for 10 minutes today. And so we'd write. <laughs> The craziest things. And it was also a time when there wasn't a lot of other patients. They sometimes didn't have a lot to do. So we did a lot of fun, just things to kind of take my mind off of my new reality. And yeah. I remember one thing we did, we were all into the watching the show The Office at the time. Oh, and yeah. And we did a 1K. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> like my wife pushed me in my wheelchair the 1K around the block for it, basically. Yeah. But we, were, we made t-shirts and celebrating silly little things. Yeah. But those were the, that nurse didn't realize at the time, but she just, that was just a spark of a concept of do something today that you couldn't do yesterday. Yeah, that's incredible. That's a, yeah, that's really incredible. A lot of us go through our lives never thinking that something like this is going to happen. So then when it does happen, it, it, just has got to completely turn your life upside down. Oh, yeah. Did you have to change jobs or like what were you doing for work at the time of your accident? Yeah, I was a construction plumber and then I also was very much involved with my new home. So that wasn't going to be done from a wheelchair. That was a hard part. Like coming home from rehab, I was just kind of thrown into the disability thing. And so that's where I guess that was that would be where my darkest times were when I didn't have a job to look forward to or so that was the hard part yeah how did your relationship change with your wife because you had just been married for a year and you probably shared this idea of what your marriage and life and family was gonna look like and now that's up in the air for both of you, I would imagine, right? I gotta hand it to my wife. She stuck with me. It was like we were a team, 100%. My successes were her successes in a way, you know. I mean, oh, we, when the, the term sometimes said in, in marriage vows is for better or worse, and she was there through the worst. And I just, I can't say enough good things about how much support my wife even gives me today. She's helping me get ready for this podcast before you know, like she's 
been there through the day one. Yeah. When you have a partner like that, you just do that for your person. Yeah. You help them no matter what the situation is. Yeah. I definitely owe her a debt of gratitude because she's just a sweetheart. It helps too that she, when I broke my neck, she was starting nursing school. And so she's seen what good nurses do and what bad nurses do. If I were to go to the hospital today, and I'd be thrilled to have her as my nurse. She's just <laughs> good at what she does. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Did you have a lot of friends and family around you at the time? Yeah, I, w- I definitely had a great support system, even in the community. Like they did so much to kind of rally behind me. There was one thing that was really cool. There was a college course for college students that was in the construction-related field. And so all these students came. Luckily, my house was in the construction phase, so they demolished some things and fixed some things, but they basically made my house wheelchair accessible on the top floor. The community, I can't say enough good things about the small community I live in, my support system behind me, friends and family. They've kind of stood me up in in the sense of where I couldn't myself. Yeah. Have you found inspiration from other people who've had similar injuries to you? Absolutely. Like I wasn't really like into weight hunting, but there was a, like a chair bound hunting community, which was kind of really unique, but that's where I met my good friend, Andy. And I really looked up to him. He had the same injury level as me. One thing that was kind of frustrating was in the rehab unit, they had someone come visit me that was in a wheelchair, but he was just a paraplegic. And I was like, I was frustrated because the whole point was to like show that you can survive in a wheelchair, but I'm like, you're not the same. I don't want to be compared. I don't want somebody with a different disability telling me. So when I met my friend Andy and I like just saw him, quadriplegics do a lot of the same type of things. Like you can watch a person in a wheelchair from afar and you know, they usually got their hands over their belly because they're covering their belly, like because of the quad belly. And they, you know, when they reach for things, they'll have their other hand out to kind of, because we don't have trunk muscles to like counterbalance. Okay. So I saw, oh, I, yeah. I wheeled up uh, to this event and I saw this guy and it was like kind of, I don't know what you call it, but he was just a mentor from day one and he's taught me things like as far as independence and I've taught him a few things and it's just been really great. Wow. Yeah. And it was, it's kind of interesting because there's a very small population of the world or my, my world that's in a wheelchair. And then you take even that and there's a smaller population that has spinal cord injury. And then you even cut that down further and there's even very smaller that is a quadriplegic so it was just like somebody that i could relate to somebody that i could complain about oh this is frustrating and he's like oh i've dealt with that and taught me yeah. a few things and it's, it's my buddy andy and so i'm actually looking forward to it i think we're gonna he lives uh about two hours away but we're gonna meet up in a couple of weeks to go on a pheasant hunt oh nice yeah that's where i found like my greatest joys i talked about like red letter days like i've learned to now, I don't have the calendar anymore or anything else, but I've learned to take that little advice, do something today that you couldn't do yesterday, and yeah. extrapolate that kind of into my life. And so I'll always be looking for something to do, and this sounds kind of bad, but to impress my mama. I want to do something 
you know, big, you know. And so there's these opportunities that come up. And I, like I said, I wasn't like into hunting or anything, but all of a sudden, like there was a program for that would take people in wheelchairs out hunting. And so, like that's it's a way to do something new. And yeah. so here I was hunting. And then the biggest, I guess, probably positive thing that influenced my life has been I joined a wheelchair rugby team and started playing wheelchair rugby. And so the other thing about wheelchair rugby is you, that's part of the prerequisite to get into the sport is you've yeah. got to be <laughs> quadriplegic or you have to have impairment in all four limbs. So, oh, wow. you know, as a matter yeah. of fact, that's where I was this weekend. I play for a team out of Las Vegas and my wife and I, we went down and visited another good friend of mine. His name's Austin, who uh, he's starting a nonprofit program called Push Adaptive, and we went and played rugby on Friday night, and then he's way into racing. So I got, got to experience a red-letter day just yesterday. He took me out to the track, and I got in his race car. And man, uh, talk about scary. But <laughs> it was like, my brain tells me that I'm going to die. <laughs> this track. And everything tells me I'm going to die, but my trust is in your hands, and it was my buddy Austin. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And so you had mentioned that you wanted to write a book. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, my book title is Red Letter Days. And I'm like, I'm a storyteller. I love telling stories. And like, I tell my story about how I broke my neck and like the nurse and the red letter. But what's really cool is I feel like, the world gives these phone calls to you where you can just be like, yes, I'll come with you and to this event or something. And you can just either say yes or say no. And yeah. like I've tried to live by the motto, say yes. I wouldn't have known about wheelchair rugby if I didn't say yes to I saw this flyer in, in the yeah. gym where I was doing rehab. And I'm like, that looks cool. Like wheelchair one time to go ice fishing. And there's what doesn't belong, and I could say a wheelchair does not belong on ice, you know. But yeah. it was like I that was a red letter day, and so in my book I just tell these stories about events that like what meant something to me, and it was something that I didn't do before, and then now I could. And cycling, I tell a lot about. I I got a hand cycle, and it started from being able to barely go around the block, and slowly I just set goals. And eventually I'm riding, you know, around the neighborhood and then I'm riding from neighborhood to neighborhood. And it's that concept of do something today that you couldn't do yesterday. And I get that it's amazing because I'm in a wheelchair that I'm like, I'm not trying to brag, but it's cool that I'm doing this. But what it, my, my lesson is that everybody can do that. Everybody can yeah. fix something that they couldn't do today and set a goal and do that. Like, I'm yeah. sure when you guys started this podcast you were like this sounds pie in the sky dream but look yeah. at you now like i binged on a couple of your episodes on the long ride from vegas last night and i'm like you guys do a good job you know oh, thank so, you but document your successes yeah, yeah. It's true because there, there have been a lot of people where we want to reach out to them and we're afraid to but then we say what's the worst that could happen just ask the question and for the most part it works out and we get to talk to incredible people like you and what an amazing lesson you're teaching your kids too that your day might be hard but 
do something today that you weren't able to do yesterday. And that's such an inspiring way to live your life. Yeah, that's, I'm not saying that's the answer for everybody Yeah. for depression. But right. when I came home from, from the hospital and was thrown into this new world, you can only watch like Judge Judy and these <laughs> daytime TV shows so much before it just drives you nuts. And so I have these moments where I can't sleep at night. And I, I feel like there's two types. There's the type like when you like excited for Christmas, like the next day, yeah. you can't sleep. I also have these moments when I'm laying down in bed. I'm like, what's my next move? I'm like trying to think of, I no, it sounds corny, but what's going to impress my mama? And yeah. what can I do? The, what's my next thing that's going to be like, oh, hey, that's pretty cool. Rick's out doing that. Yeah. Sometimes it's riding my bike, and sometimes it's now I, the thing I take the most glory in is just being a dad with my kids. Yeah. That's, oh, that's amazing. So Anybody can set their mind to something, an accomplishment, and do it. I hope, I want to tell you one final story if we got time, but like last year, my kids, they were talking about like Helen Keller in their school and like some inspiring people. And I think that was just kind of like the topic of the week. But my boys, we separate them in different classes. I think they'd fight if they were in the same. You know, <laughs> uh, both of the teachers, when they were mentioned about heroes, both of my boys had mentioned about me. And I was like, you know, how bad, you know. So the teacher yeah. asked me to come speak to their whole grade. And there's just four wow. or five classes of 30 kids. And I was like, what am I going to say to these? kids to inspire them and I want to leave this message with you guys too because I think it's you know pretty cool message but you know like what I what message I gave to them is you guys know that game guess who have you ever played mm -hmm. it when yeah. you were a kid yeah, yeah. And I, like so I was thinking one night while I was playing with guess who with my son and you get the concept of the game is like you've got this picture of every everybody Lloyd Harry all these people with different traits you know so the concept of the game is you'll be like does your person have blonde hair and they'll say yes so you flip down everybody that does and eventually the topic is the idea is to get down and guess who your person is and uh based off of their traits and i wanted to tell these third graders that each and every one of them have traits not just physical traits but they were blessed from God or whatever, however you feel that way, with skills, talents, abilities, we're all unique. Michelle and Carling, you have traits that set you apart from everybody else. And if we could play Guess Who and Michelle was the person, eventually I could figure it out who you are based off of your traits. And so what I wanted yeah. to teach the third graders is to use those to be an example to your friends, to your family, and use those traits and abilities to better this world. And I had skills and abilities before I broke my neck. I was strong, fit, I could lift anything. Like now, you know, like, you know, that Instagram, be strong, throw your back out, be a man. Yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. I was that guy, I could just, I could solve yeah. all my problems with my strength, you know. Yeah. And now like I'm in a wheelchair and I have to solve my, like I have to use different skills and abilities and traits, but those didn't like the physical trait changed, but like my, I'm still Rick, you know, I'm not Rick in a wheelchair. Yeah. I'm Rick weary from Monroe, you know, yeah. that was my lesson. Wow. I love that. That's I such really, a, yeah, yeah, that's such a good way to look at things. And 
so important for young kids to learn that. When does your book come out and where can people find it? Oh, I mean, I'm glad you asked. October 25th. And first, I guess, if you're, if you're down for it, look me up on Instagram. I'll eventually have uh, redletterdays.net, I think. Okay. It's, it's in the works. You can find me on Instagram. And then my book will be available on Amazon. The title is going to be Red Letter Days by Rick Weary. It's just a memoir. It's like just me telling good old stories. And I'm a strong believer in winning your successes. Yeah. And that's what my Instagram is. Like, I know, like, I probably should create, like, a business Instagram for my book. My successes are sometimes playing ball in the backyard with my kids. Yeah. Uh, my Instagram's just my life. Well, and that's, that is an amazing way to promote your book, to show, you know, who you are and what you do day to day and the importance of inspiring people. And those red letter days are so important. I just love that concept. It's so interesting. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah. I want both of you to read it. I want good yes. critique and bad critique. Uh, yeah. I'll, uh, maybe, uh, you know, get you a signed copy when it comes out. Oh uh, my God. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have a lot of giveaways on our Patreon, so we would love to buy a copy and, and give it away as well. But yeah, yeah I'd love maybe to read we'll it. buy, yeah, we'll buy a copy and then you can dedicate it to the person who wins. Yeah. Perfect. I'm Anything yeah, awesome. that like just helps me tell my story. Yeah, absolutely. 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 That's what we're all about. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. taking time out of your weekend. I know you've got kids that are busy. Thank you guys too. I really, I, how I found you, I looked up podcasts on Instagram. I happened upon your page and that's just, I, I like I said, I vegged out on some of your uh, podcast episodes last night on the long drive from Vegas and you guys do a great job. Thank oh, you so thank much. you so much. That's thank so you. nice. We'll have to, yeah, touch base again, maybe a while after your book launches and find out what else you're up to. Yeah. Hey, I'd love to come back. Yeah. Anytime awesome. you need a repeat guest, I'd love to just, I'm a troubadour. I just love telling stories. Oh, Absolutely. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. Love that. All right, Rick, have a wonderful evening and we will talk really soon. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Bye. 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 Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. Thank you so much to today's guest and to everyone for listening. If you're enjoying the show, there are many ways that you can help our podcast grow. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Join us on our Patreon. Follow us on social media. Check out our merch store. Share our show with your friends. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to be a guest on our show, please message us on IG or Facebook. Have a great week and thank you so much for your support. Bye. Bye. Why are they still here? I guess I'll just turn up that outro music.